So if a keeper has just got their typical bit of dragon setup and they've got their their T5 and they've yeah. got a heat lamp, they've basically got that little tiny end on the left there for the for the UVB, and then they've got the top, they aren't the far side where the infrared is, and then yes. we've got we've bookended each part of sunlight, but everything in the middle was missing to that bit of dragon. Absolutely yes, and thus the beam from all of those lamps, you know, you'd have this this full spectrum is what you'd have so you'd have the beam from the heat c5 the led and the halide all in one spot and what you're creating there is is a patch of sunlight in the enclosure Hello and welcome back to the Reptiles and Research podcast. I'm your host, Liam Sinclair, and today's guest, we have Thomas Griffiths. Now, Tom is a very, very special guest. He is a consultant for all of the major zoos across Europe and obviously in the States as well. He is the guy, really, that deals with the practical implementation of lighting theory and helping people analyze their basking spots in zoos and then writing reports and recommending better setups. So in today's episode, we're going to focus on how to create the best possible basking site for bearded dragons. This is also a collaboration with the Animals at Home podcast. We've both had tom on but we both focused on different things so i focused mainly on bearded dragons but the practical implementations of the theory and dylan over on the animals at home podcast has focused on the theory elements of definitions and the learning of like why you need to understand the different definitions so dylan's gone for theory i've gone for practical implementation and together it's a kind of a part one part two like yin and yang these two episodes so that one's coming out next week from dylan and you really want to see that one but the combination of these two episodes you're going to get a really good understanding of reptile lighting and how to create sunlight in a vivarium we'd like to thank our sponsor custom reptile habitats you're doing so much to keep us going we really appreciate that if you want to get some premium pvc enclosures you can head to the link in the description over to custom reptile habitats if you want to take part and help us with our mission and driving forward with better welfare for our pet reptiles then you can join the patreon over at patreon slash reptiles and research and with all of that welcome thomas right thank you for joining me tom obviously I know who you are, and I know that you're one of the moderators for Reptile Lighting, but I think a lot of the people that are searching for good basking information may not know who you are. So can you give us a little bit of who you are and what it is you do and why it is that you're the, you're the go-to now for Reptile Lighting? The go-to is quite a uh, quite a strong one. Um, so I'm Tom, and I um, I run a an uh, animal husbandry and lighting consultancy. It's based in the UK, but I deal with um, uh, people and zoos uh, all around the world. Um, zoos basically pay me to go in and, and analyze their lights and get some spectral data and uh, collect as much, much information as I can and then send them a report essentially on, on recommendations and things that can be changed. It's coming more and more popular at the moment because we have more and more um emphasis on the what are called the five domains in the zoo world so essentially the equivalent of 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 the five freedoms that we see in the animal welfare act in the uk um and they 
uh, uh, some of those include choice and you know the, the ability to exhibit natural behaviors and etc 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 um and a lot of this is based around lighting so uh i do that it's not just for reptiles um i i, I recently helped um on the biaza kind of biaza is the uh british and irish association of zoo and aquaria um helped them on the uh, the giraffe kind of guide that they have so they're kind of care guide for giraffes in the uk um and we went to switzerland last week or maybe the week before i can't remember when it was um to to analyze some lights at a zoo there um we're going to go back and do another zoo in switzerland soon um we're going to go to the states maybe in september and do a few zoos um i think san diego might be on the list so we're doing doing quite a few things um and that is what i do and the other thing things that I do involve uh, working with a few vets. There's a few vets around the country that send clients to me um, because often people will uh, go to the vet with a problem with their animal, usually an exotic animal, so a tortoise, bearded dragon. Uh, and often it won't be a medical problem, right? They'll go to the vet and they'll say, my tortoise or my dragon or whatever it is, isn't eating. And very often there's not really much a vet can do about that, right? It's not a it's not a vet problem. It's not a medical thing. Obviously, they'll check for worms. They'll do all those sorts of things. But nine times out of ten, it's a husbandry problem. Uh, and nine times out of those ten, it's a lighting problem. So they'll send them to me, and, and I kind of um, I guide those people on how to set up their enclosures. So I deal with uh, exotics, large and small, great and small. Um, a, a big range of things. The other, other, other thing I do is... Uh, act as a research and development consultant for light manufacturers. So I get sent a lot of um, a lot of prototypes to test. I help in the research and development for uh, upcoming products. Um, and I, I work with a few of the big boys um, on things like that. And recently, I don't know if it's out yet, but I know they've announced the product, um, the new ZoomEd UVB LED. Um, they approached me and said, what can we do to make it better from the previous version? So I gave them some pointers on that. Um, they sent me a prototype. I played around with that, gave them some ideas. So, um, you know, and although it's still not perfect, it's a lot better than it was. Uh, down to me, of course. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of, you know, that's 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 what I do is I play with lights a lot and animals. I've always, I always kind of had that weird obsession with animals. Um, and it's what I do in my spare time as well, so... Forgive me if I drink a few times during this, by the way. I'm uh, it's Vimto. For anyone who's outside of the UK, Vimto is the best drink. So you're the lighting guy now. So I'm the lighting guy and the Vimto guy, it turns out, yeah. <laughs> so zoos literally come to you. You are basically the guy for all the professional institutions. So people just keeping at home for what you're going to bring us today they know now that you are the guy and the information that you're bringing is the top um yeah i mean you've 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 built me up to be something that i hope i impress people um yeah i mean there are there are plenty of others i mean i stand you know i'm I'm immortal amongst gods so we've got you know people like dr francis baines who's an absolute you know the pinnacle of lighting expertise We've got Dr. Serena Vunderlich, who is um, probably the cleverest person I know. Um, we've got people like Rob Murin, who has, has kind of taken his expertise in uh, in engineering and, and applied that to the to the reptile keeping world. Um, 
so we've you know we've got people like gary ferguson we've got people like mark mitchell dr mark mitchell we've got these amazing people um i am just one of but what i am is i'm kind of a a go-between a lot of those people are either now retired or are either um specialist in research which is all well and good but i'm a specialist in application um so the, the, we, we we do a lot of the same stuff but were they you know were people like mark mitchell who's a vet um is a research specialist um, and a consultant with Lucas, i believe um i'm more of an application specialist so i talk about how to actually put it in an enclosure um, how to actively do it it whatever it is Wow. So anyone that's searching comes across this and they're like, wow, but this care guide on YouTube seems so much, but it's not. This is this is it. There's nothing else. This is it. <laughs> I was actually having a conversation in my Discord with people about like heating and stuff. Um, join a Discord if you're not already in there. But we were talking about um the carbon filament lamps and stuff. Yeah. Um, talking about like the how small the infrared A proportion of it actually is and like mm -hmm. marketing it as like infrared a like emitting heat sources is is, yeah. is like well it's there but but it's not really like the yeah i mean if we look at without getting too technical um i'll use some terms that some people might be able to look up but if you if you look at it's it's just planck's law right so if you look at what's called black body radiation and you punch in the numbers you you can literally work out how much of each section of light there is and a, a carbon filament lamp, so a heat projector of some kind, um, has a, uh, a a temperature of around 1,000 Kelvin, which people can look at what that means. Um, and if, if you literally, if you look at a 1,000 Kelvin black body, then it will emit about 3% infrared A. So again, it's a tiny, tiny, tiny amount of infrared A. It's, it's you know... In, it, it's infrared A, but it's it's you know it's it's less than five percent of the lamp's output, and it's in such small, like, it's such a small amount of energy as well. So it's it, infrared A is is it's, it, technically it's, there's more energy in infrared A than there is in infrared B, but there's so little of it that it really it's such a small amount of the output of the lamp. Um, in fact, the the vast majority of the output of the lamp will be as as conduction. Um, it'll be conducted out into the body of the lamp and it may essentially be emitted as infrared C. Um, so yeah, yeah, the, it's the same, exactly. That's my, they're the two big ones. The, the heat lamps being UVA, which they're not technically, they are, but, and the uh, carbon filament sort of heat projector-based lamps being infrared A and they're just not, again, it's, it's yes, they are technically, but stick that, you know, stick that on the box and it'll sell, but the big the, the the I I don't know how to say it. I'm 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 okay with them saying infrared A as long as they also don't use the words sun replicating heat or words to that effect. Like as long as they don't say, oh, it's like the sun, because it's just not like the sun at all, right? Um yeah, I don't know. I it, but yes, you 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 touch on the exact point that they're they're just as big of a liar as the pet shops, right? And the people working in the pet shops, how are they supposed to know any different if the bloody box says it? So, and then how is mum and dad who's just bought a little Timmy a leopard gecko supposed to know? Who, who do we, who do we, who do we start with, right? Who do we train first? And yeah, well, if we, if we can figure that out, we'll be millionaires. 
yeah exactly speaking of getting billionaires is that what yeah i'm a billionaire surprise (laughs) yeah speaking of getting close to the sun how close can you get us tom um that is a bloody good good question um depends on how you look at it so i can i can show us i can show you some some possible setups yes Uh, share away tom let's go yeah sure let me um let me get PowerPoint open. Ooh. So for anyone who is, I don't know how, how your viewer or listeners, are they mainly viewers or are they listeners or how? Uh, mainly viewers, I would say. Okay. Okay. Good. Right. Yeah. If you're listening, you're going to have to go to YouTube to actually watch and see diagrams. For anyone looking, this is sort of a, a side on view of a classic four by two by two, uh, 120 gallon um, vivarium. Uh, it's a wooden viv in this in this instance. Not that it really matters, but um, the, in the this is just what's popular in the UK. But the the same similar sort of thing could be applied to say an open top tortoise table, or you know an eight by four by four. The, the, the same sort of concept would apply to all enclosures, really. Uh, so here's my little bearded dragon. Um, whenever I show this little diagram, uh, my partner always says, "Why is?" Why does he not look like Spud? And we've got a bearded dragon that we got. It's called Spud, and he's a little zero morph. And obviously, this is not a zero morph bearded dragon. But uh, every single time, I can't look at it without thinking I should really make that look like a zero morph. Um, so here he is. Uh, he's sat, and you can see he's in the four by two by two. He's about twenty five centimeters long from snout to vent. Uh, so uh, this is kind of the minimum sized enclosure I would recommend. I think anyone should have for a bearded dragon. You see people with you know, 40 gallons, 20 gallons, these tiny, tiny tanks. Um, and it's really not enough, especially if you want to light the thing. Yeah, the 90s called, they want the husbandry back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's uh, it's horrendous, isn't it? I mean, th- there's a reason in the UK we have what's called the Animal Activities Licence, which you will know all about. Um, and it, it, under that basis, it's actually illegal now to sell them with anything less than this. Um, Good. Because, in the UK anyway, because anything smaller than this and they just can't you can't light it properly you can't um so anyway here's here's a here's my little bit of dragon um and here i've got a a pretty good heat lamp it's called the reptile systems gold infrared lamp unit Uh, i've just called it rs gold 400 watt here it is 400 watts this one uh which is a heck of a thing but it's a really bloody good lamp um you can see the beam would look something like this quite wide yeah, so the, this, the reason it's 400 watts is because it has to produce a, it has to be 400 watts to get the energy out because it's such a wide beam. Um, you could replace that for, an, you know, another heat lamp as long as it's a decent heat lamp. And I've got some examples of some heat lamps to show you later. Um, and that's kind of the, you know, ish the beam of that lamp. It's not perfect scale, but um, the, that's kind of the sort of thing. Um, and then what you would also have is a T5. Most people will have some sort of T5 UVB lamp. Um, there's a few out there, um, but this is the sort of basic setup that most people will go for. And the, the beam from that looks something like this. Again, not perfect scale. Um, for anyone listening, this is basically a heat lamp and a UVB tube that are both just projecting light over a bearded dragon. And that is what most people have. You you, you go on most of the groups, most of the forums, um, most of the you know Reddit groups, most of the the subreddits, most of the um, you know, most people, most pet shops will sell you this setup, right? Some sort of heat source and some sort of UVB source. 
Um, for for me, the minimum that anyone should have is also including a UVB. Uh, sorry, an LED. Sorry. Uh, and in in this case, for this example, I've used the Jungle Dawn LED from Arcadia, and you can see the spread looks something like that. So for anyone listening, this is just another tube-like lamp um, that has another beam shining over the dragon. So what you've essentially got is three lights, and that is the minimum that I recommend for most, if not all, setups. So we've got uh, your heat lamp, your UV, and now we've got the LED for like yes. just making it brighter and visible light. Uh, yeah, so an LED, uh, the sole purpose of the LED is to provide visible light. Um, and we're, we're often lied to by our eyes, right? So you can have a heat lamp and a, and a T5 UVB lamp, and you think it looks bright. And you can measure it even with a solar meter, and it gives you a you know UVI of 6, 5, 4, whatever. And so you think, bloody hell, there's a load of light here. But actually, if you measure the, the light value, so the, the proxy for brightness is looks that we're using. Again, massive um, sort of glossing over a lot of science there, but essentially the, the proxy for brightness is looks. Um, and if you measure the, the brightness in that enclosure, it will not be anywhere near sunlight. And I'll show you some examples of that in a minute. Um, the other lamp that I ha I personally have on pretty much every setup, including you know white street frogs, including boa constrictor, like animals that you wouldn't necessarily think, I want to light this thing properly, necessarily, although you should, um, is a halide lamp. Um, most of mine, I use a non-UVB producing metal halide lamp, but there are UVB producing ones as well. Uh, they're really popular in Europe, um, super, super popular. Um, in fact, many people will just use a metal halide. And this is not to be confused with a mercury vapor bulb. This is different. Uh, and the beam from that would look, you know, something like this. And thus the beam from all of those lamps, you know, you'd have this, this full Spectrum is what you'd have. So you'd have the beam from the heat, T5, the LED, and the halide all in one spot. And what you're creating there is, is a patch of sunlight in the enclosure. And this is something that is referred to, you know, you can you can look up papers on this, but the, the biggest paper is the Journal of Zoon Aquarium Research one by Baines et al. Um, how much UVB does my reptile need? Dot, 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 one, quite a long title. Um, where they, they define the sunbeam method of lighting animals. And that's what this is. This is the sunbeam method. So what we're essentially doing is we're imagining that the enclosure is a some sort of canopy-filled place, and there is a beam of sunlight. And what we're doing is we're providing that patch of sunlight in the enclosure, with the rest of it being uh, a gradient down to shade. And of course, this is a lighting rig, right? So you need to control temperature as well. Um, you can use things like thermostats, but not all lamps are thermostatically controllable, so the halides certainly aren't. Um, so I, I normally include a fan in most of my enclosures as well. Um, and that will be a fan, uh, well, I usually include two, but um, one will be blowing in and one will be blowing out of the enclosure. And that is kind of how I do it. Um, and that I would have thermostatically controlled as well, um, if not at least on a timer. Um, and that is kind of how I set up most enclosures. This is kind of what I recommend for most setups. So is this to pull out the excess like hot air in, in the enclosures built up from these? Yeah, I mean, you, you, you are going to get heat, right? That's, um, again, this is a, a lighting rig, not necessarily a heating rig, right? Um, the, 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 the heating effect that your animal has is a side effect of the light in this instance. You could increase the temperatures in the room equally. You know, equally if the, if the, it was still too cold, instead of a fan, you could have a ceramic heater. 
right? So the, the fan is just a way of cooling the enclosure. Again, presuming that the room is cooler than the enclosure, which 99% of the time will be. Um, I'd say could, 100%. But... Could you go into the difference between like light and then just air temperature and warmth? Because I think a lot of people would think that one or two are the same, and we know it's not. Um, yeah, so... Uh, my my general the way I generally define it is people people often get confused with it between heat and uh, infrared right they're the two that people most most get confused between and infrared is a type of light whereas heat is a perception of temperature so um, infrared and visible light can heat something up. Right, they can increase its temperature, um, but in and of themselves, they're not necessarily heat. It's kind of a then they're, they're not. You know, temperature is a, a measure of heat, right? Or the other way around. Um, it's kind of light. Hmm, it's a really good question. Um, it's a it's a really good it's a, it's a good on the spot question that I'm trying to figure out how to answer on the spot. <laughs> um, he, these lights will increase the temperature in your enclosure. But what we are trying to do when we're lighting an enclosure is we're trying to replicate the sun. Um, and there's there's a whole multitude of reasons as to why we would do that, right? We're, we're, the, the, the sunlight has a whole host of benefits that I, the, the, you know, the list is as long as your arm, if not longer, um, which I'm sure you can put references in, in in the notes for this in the in the description because there are, and I'm sure you've you've read the studies yourselves. There's, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of studies on the benefits of UVB, of visible light, on on neuroendocrine control, on uh, upregulating genes in the body, on um, wound healing. I mean, I went to a zoo recently. Uh, can't really say what what zoo it was, but um, I had a cut on my finger when we were at the zoo. And um, I was speaking to the vets. We were in the vet room, um, speaking to the vets. And one of the vets said, oh, you've got a cut on your finger. Let me laser it. And um, I said, OK, OK, why the hell not? Um, and and we put my hand on this sort of operating table and we got a laser and we lasered my finger. Now, you can't really see it anymore, but I had a big cut. And it's healed perfectly fine now. And I was confused because it didn't hurt. And I was told that the laser is used for um, helping with wound healing. That's what it's for. It's a medical device for wound healing. And I thought, that's really interesting. I wonder what, what it's doing, this laser. What is it? So we, we went through the piles and piles of paperwork that these vets had uh, and found the manual for this laser. And we went through, and I, I went through the index, found the, the spectrum that it emits. And it emits six. I think it was six hundred to one thousand two hundred nanometers. Um, it was around there, and that's infrared. That's infrared A, and it's literally wow. being used to heal my skin in front of me. Um, and it didn't hurt. And the the other the other thing that kind of um, made me laugh a little bit was I said to the vet, um, you know, when do you use this? And, they, and I was told all the time, right? We use this all the time. If an animal is cut, so if two animals are in the enclosure and they've had a little bit of a spat and then one cuts the other, and they need to check it out, they'll dart the animal, put it to sleep, bring it in, 
and then they'll laser the cut and they'll do everything else they need to do. And I said, so you use the laser quite a lot. And they were like, yep, absolutely all the time. I use it all the time. And I said, would it not be easier to just have heat lamps in the enclosures? If you're trying to heal wounds, surely it makes more sense to kind of just have this in the enclosure at all times. And that's what a heat lamp is, right? A heat lamp is providing those same wavelengths. And it would save you darting the animal. It would save you paying a vet to check the animals over all the medicine involved in doing all that, all the stress on the animal, putting them down and, you know, knocking them down and all that sort of stuff. Just take heat lamps in the enclosure. It makes a million times more sense to just have the correct lighting. And in the wild, you see animals get, you know, torn up all the time and, you know, some of them don't make it, but there's a, there's light is free energy, right? Infrared is light and it is free energy from the sun, right? It doesn't take anything to get it. So it makes perfect sense, biological perfect sense and evolutionary sense that the body will have evolved to use as much of that as possible. Um, and you, you can see that all the time if you, if you look at studies on, on you know, the, the, the biological effects of light. That's essentially what I'm getting at there. <laughs> light does a lot of things. Um, and we can, we can try and replicate it, right? So I can... In fact, I think I went out earlier on today, and one of the big things that you see is, uh, again, like I say, people with the heat lamps and the T5s, and they call it a full setup, and they call it bright. Uh, but our eyes lie to us, right? And we can use a lux meter uh, to determine brightness. Again, this is a it's a, a, a massive over, oversimplification of the, of, the, of the truth, but if we ignore all that, we presume lux means brightness, then this will make more sense to anyone listening. Um, I went outside earlier on. For anyone listening, it is now around 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, something like that, p.m. in Manchester, UK. I went out at about half 6 p.m., 6.30 p.m., so in the evening, um, in sort of mid-spring in Manchester, United Kingdom, and I was getting, uh, you can sort of see on the picture here, I was getting um, 8,000 and 8,440 looks. And you can see there's a little times 10 on the um, on the meter. There. So you can actually see that this is 8,440 oh, 8, looks. So it's, it's um, you know, it's quite dull, but 8,000 sounds like a lot, right? 8,400 sounds like a lot. If we then take that same uh, meter and we put it into an enclosure. Now, what I did is I turned off all the lights in my Beta Dragon enclosure. Uh, and had just the heat lamp and just the T5 on. And I put it in the brightest point. There's my little dragon spud. And the brightest point in the enclosure was 3,800 lux. Oh. So it's, you know, it's a, about half as bright. Less, really. But if we say, for the sake of argument, it's half as bright as a dull evening on a rainy evening in Manchester, United Kingdom. And what we're trying to create here with the Bearded Dragon is, is Australian sunlight. And in truth, Australian sunlight will be around 120,000 lux, right? So much, 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 much higher. But you can see that, you know, it's it's ridiculously low in, in brightness, right? And the lux value is, is half as bright as a dull evening in Manchester. Um, so I turned on um, his LED, and we can measure again the lux. And with the LED on, I was getting about 8,000, just, just over 8,000 lux. So it actually increased... The, the brightness by to about the same as, as uh, outdoors. 
again, sorry, just have a quick drink there. Um, so, you know, it's much better. Not perfect, though. Like I say, the the Australian sun would, would be about 120,000, so it's a heck of a lot brighter. Um, and, of course, 120,000 is, is quite difficult to get in captivity, right? Um, you'd need so many lights. At that point, you'd need so much energy, and at that point, you'd create so much heat that it becomes very difficult to do. Um, but we can get we can get as close as we can. And I stuck on a, um, a 35 watt halide, so quite a low wattage metal halide lamp, and I was getting just shy of 20,000 lux. So the halide really did increase the the visible light, the the, the brightness value. And there's Spud there giving us a a little look like he does. Um, so the the brightness increased dramatically as I added more lights, and it became more and more like sunlight in in terms of brightness right it's it's not quite anywhere near um an example you know i've I've got plenty of animals um and i can show you some more uh in a minute uh, here's an example of manchester on a a fairly bright day so i'm getting 123,000 looks um about a thousand watts per meter squared power density and about a uvi four um and all those do add up with each other as well. So those those are kind of perfect matches for each other. Um, so that's a that's a standard UK day. So that's the beauty of sunlight, even in Manchester in the UK, uh, at about midday. So today, coincidentally, before you asked me to to have a chat with you, I was um, doing my rounds with my animals, and I noticed that the UVI in my Testudo Kleinmani, which is in, in a group of Egyptian tortoises, uh, in my little Kleinmani enclosure, the UVI was quite low. Um which I wasn't wasn't it wasn't low low. It was you know like 4.2 or something like that. It wasn't necessarily low. Um but I, I at its highest I'd like it in here to be around UVI 5.5 to 6, right? These are animals that live in the hottest deserts in the world. At its highest point, anyway, I wanted it to be about 5.5 to 6. And it was a little bit low for that. And I thought my lamps, um, you know, I've, I've, I've only recently changed them maybe five months ago. So it's, and I was playing, basically I was playing around with it. And so coincidentally, you've asked me to come and have a chat with you. And I've actually got a lot of spectral data from today, which is quite nice. Um, so what I've got in here is, uh, you can see pictured are two of the basking areas. Um, with a heat, heat, each has a heat lamp and a metal halide lamp. Uh, the one that I'm measuring in the middle has a, um, a reptile systems flood lamp and a, a mega ray uh, metal halide. And then across here, if I show on the top, we've got a Arcadia 14%. We've got a, an Arcadia Jungle Dawn. And we've got a reptile systems zone three, so sort of a twelve percent ish lamp. Um, and I can actually show how each lamp makes a difference to the spectrum. I actually got mm. this data today, so it's quite nice. Um, so here's sunlight. I can show you that first, and I must say that the credit for these graphs goes to uh, Dr. Serena Vunderlich. I text her like. Five minutes before coming on, I'll be like, can I quickly use the, the, the graphs because they're amazing and I really want to use them? And she just said, yeah, of course. Um, again, one of the smartest people in the world, um, lovely person, uh, really good friend. Um, 
I can't sing her praises enough. Um, she has this wonderful system where we can put spectral data in and it changes and it reads all sorts of different things and we can upscale things and downscale things. It's really clever. Anyway, here's sunlight. Um, you don't really need to know what this means, but essentially um, we've got intensity or you know irradiance on the left on the y-axis. And across the bottom, we've got wavelengths. And again, you don't necessarily need to know what that means. I can kind of label the different parts of the spectrum for you. So anything here, which is for anyone listening, uh, around around 290 um, to 320 nanometers, we call UVB. Um, anything from about 320 to around 340 or 350-ish, we call UVA2. So it's part of UVA. It's one of the subcategories of UVA. And both of these together um, are part of what we call the vitamin D3 synthesis and regulation part of the spectrum. So these parts are really important. Um, but again, both of them together, you can't just have UVB and UVA2 on its own won't do much either. So both of those together um, play a role in vitamin D. We have another part of UVA. So this, you know, those, this part is UVA, but UVA I split because it's um, to say UVA is a bit of a misnomer because there's so many different parts of that play a part in, in biological functions, right? So UVA1, which is around 350 to around 400 nanometers, is uh, reptile vision, inverted commas. So this is a color that reptiles can see. And we can't see this. Um, as humans, we can't see this. But this is another color that they can see. Um, how it looks to them, we don't know because we can't, we literally can't perceive it. So we have no kind of idea of what it would look like. Um, most uh, UVA cameras show it as like grayscale. So they'll show it as black or white or anything in between. But um, ultimately it's it's essentially, it's a another color, right? We don't know what that looks like, but reptiles do and reptiles can definitely see it. And often reptiles have very important parts of their body that react to that. So you'll see a lot of, uh, little green anoles or anoles will have the sort of red dewlap thing that comes out and that is reactive to uva so it looks different to, to around animals and that could have different colors on it for animals i don't know but uh it, different animals have different perception of, of that part of the wavelength that part of the spectrum sorry um we have visible light which is around 400 to around 700 nanometers these are the colors of the rainbow right so violet indigo uh blue green Yellow, orange, red. Bloody hell, I nearly forgot them. Did I get all of them? No, blue is not one of them, is it? Violet, indigo, is blue it? I don't know. I don't know the colours of the rainbow. That's embarrassing. I, I don't know the colours of the rainbow. Yeah, what the hell? But you, you know the colours of the rainbow, though, right? The blue to red, right? Violet to I red. I get it. I get it. That's, that's 400 to 700 nanometers. Oh, my God, how embarrassing. Um, <laughs> uh, and this is colour vision, right? We call this colour vision. So reptiles can see... Most reptiles can see some part of the spectrum, right? Not all reptiles are the same. Some can only see some colors, some can see others, some can see more. Um, but humans can pretty much see this, this part of the spectrum. Um, and then on the right here from around 700, and then the, this scale only goes up to 900, but it's about 700 to about 1,400 um, is infrared A. And then from there, it goes to infrared B, and then there, infrared C. But for the sake of this, infrared A is what we can see. We can see the start of infrared A on this. Um, and then Serena has kind of 
uh, colored them in on the graph. If anyone's watching, you can see the, co the colors don't quite match up to my definitions. And that's because human vision kind of blurs at the edges. So some people can see slightly into UVA and some people can see slightly into infrared, just the same as how some people can hear uh, frequencies that other people can't, right, in, in terms of hearing. Um, it's kind of human vision isn't necessarily a set, you know, when when Mother Nature created the world, th th this wasn't a set thing, right? Humans have, we've kind of got blurred edges of what we can see. Um, so that's kind of where those edges are. You can kind of see those here at about 37380 and about, about 780 as well. So Serena's kind of put those as the edges of color vision, which is fine. It doesn't really make a difference to the, for the sake of this. Um, and infrared A is basking heat. So again, like I said before, infrared A is the, the part of the, the spectrum that we generally associate with, with heat, with basking heat. And that's the sort of hot feeling that when you put your hand under a under a heat lamp and you feel the heat on your hand, generally we associate that's infrared that's causing that. So if a keeper has just got their typical bit of dragon setup and they've got their, their T5 and they've yeah. got a heat lamp, they've basically got that little tiny end on the left there for the for the UVB, and then we've got the top, the aren't the far side where the infrared is, and then yes. we've got we've bookended each part of sunlight, but everything in the middle was missing to that bit of dragon. Absolutely, yeah. So I mean, I can if I make that into a background, you can actually see this here. So this is the T five. This is the setup, the um, the Klein Marnie setup from earlier. So I've actually got this data from here. Um, this is the T five, and I've I've scaled using Serena's amazing database. I've scaled the T5 so that the UVI is 3.7, the same as the sunlight in the background. So it's kind of, you can see the scale is the same. Um, but the lux is obviously a lot less. The lux is around 3,000 lux. Um, and you can see that the UVB from this lamp, if I put those things back on, UVB from this lamp is actually really bloody good. It's It matches sunlight really well. Um, the UVA2 is okay, but the UVA1, you know, doesn't really isn't there. The visible light is leaves something to be desired. Um, and the infrared, there is no infrared, right? There's, there's essentially no infrared on this lamp. And that's just um, the T5? That's just the T5 on its own, yeah, of course. If I put the heat lamp in, um, I put the heat lamp in, it looks more like this. Again, this has been scaled to the 3.7 UVI. And again, I'll put those labels back on so you can see. So the, the UVB, again, matches pretty closely. UVA2. Same as before. The only difference we've now added is we've added a slight bit of more visible light, and then we've added some infrared. And this, again, this scale cuts off here um, around 880. That's just because my spectrometer cuts off there, right? Actually, the lamp goes off much further. But my my spectrometer, my spectrometer cuts off at around 880. So that looks so different from sunlight as it is. So to be, I wonder how strange that that setup looks to how a bit of dragon perceives that environment. It must be so alien to them. Yeah, it, it must be very, very strange. I mean, um, in terms of its color rendering abilities for humans, this is actually quite a good setup. Um, but that's only because the heat lamp has a color rendering index of essentially 99. So it's out of 99 out of 100. So it's near perfect. Um, but the heat lamp has, again, hasn't really added anything to the UVA, despite the fact that it has UVA on the box, um, or at least the UVA one. Um, and yeah, it, again, we're not necessarily focused too much on the uh, on the y axis here. We're just focused on the x axis. So the amount 
of each part of the spectrum is filled. Um, in terms of the intensity, you could change that relatively easily by just getting closer to the lamps, right? So I'm not too worried about that. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of colors there, um, but it, it, again, it isn't very bright. So that that is where I consider the intensity. The intensity isn't very isn't very high. It's about four thousand lux. Um, not very bright at all. So yes, that it, it would look weird again to a bearded dragon, to a tortoise, to any sort of snake, um, a leopard gecko. Same thing. It's it, the all these animals, even if they are nocturnal inverted commas, um, they are still exposed to this as sunlight. And not only that, they also in the wild have the choice to go out in the sunlight, which is again one of the big things that I'm uh, talking about in the zoo world is the five domains, and one of the domains, one of the concepts being choice. Right, the animals need to have choice, um, and you can only get that choice if you have an enclosure that's large enough and if you have the proper lighting. So it's um, it's interesting, yeah, it's interesting. So th and this is why I always recommend adding an LED. Right, so an LED will increase the visible light, um, uh, the the amount of visible light. Right, not necessarily as much as you might think, but it does increase it. Right, so here's with an LED. Oh wow, not that actually. is quite a big difference. Yeah, it's. I mean, bear in mind on when I was collecting the spectrum, the LED was off to one side, the probe was kind of pointing a different way. So if if the LED was you know over the probe, it would have appeared a lot brighter. But I've already you know I've already doubled the lux value just by adding that LED. So um, it makes it does make a huge difference, and you can see the difference when when you uh, when you turn it on. You can see the difference. Um, something I always ask people to do is turn it off, and then turn it back on. Or when they first installing it, have it turned off, and then film themselves when they turn it on, and the the people have this sort of whoa look to their face when they do it because it's so bright. Um, and then when you turn it off again, it looks really dull immediately. Um, mm. You wonder how you ever went without this LED on top of your enclosure. Do you know what's really weird? You said turn it off, and my 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 Vivstack timer went off the Whoa, moment you said that. Magic! That is, <laughs> that is magic, right there. <laughs> I'm the lighting man. Um, so yes, we, it, it's a lot better now. Um, again, we can scale that up. So if I, again, I'll show those different things. If I scale that up so you can sort of see more how it would look, um, you know, compared to sunlight. So if we're ignoring the UVB because um, for the sake of collecting this, the lamp was at the probe was facing the UVB lamp. So the UVB will be slightly disproportionate in this. Um, but if I scale it right up, you can see how the spectrum has filled out quite a lot. Um, with the main gap, now being this area here, which is the UVA1 area. That's the biggest gap. And that's where I um, aim my next bit of the focus, which is the halide lamps. All right. So if you remember the beta dragon from before, you have the heat lamp, the UVB, the LED, that's this. And then if we add the halide on, we, oh, that's me bringing it back down to scale. We bring the halide on and it looks more like this. So we've really filled out the spectrum. That's a huge difference, isn't it? And that's everything that the bearded dragon can see in that visible area of UVA for them. Uh, correct, yeah. So UVA, the UVA1 is completely filled out. Yeah, it's totally filled out. Um, again, I brought the scale back down again here, so it doesn't look as bright as the one we just saw, but that's because that one was upscaled dramatically. 
See, I yeah. haven't got this. So that means that my bit of dragon technically can't see properly. Yeah, it would be. Um, it, it's hard to say because if you go back, you can see there is a spike here. Uh, from and that is actually from the T five, right? The spike is at three hundred and sixty five nanometers, um, and that's a known spike that all T fives will have. Um, and coincidentally, that is around where the peak insensitivity is, is for most reptiles in, in UVA vision. So they may be able to see that, but it's certainly not full spectrum, right? And you miss all the benefits of the rest of the UVA part of the spectrum. Um, and so, yes, this is this is a lot more filled out. The spectrum is much more filled out on a um, when you include a halide in that mix. Um, and then, of course, there are a bunch of different halides um, out there, and you can see it is quite spiky. There's quite a few spikes, and that's just down to the way that metal halide lamps work. They use a lot of different, they're called metal halides, that's what they're called, uh, inside an arc tube that all kind of glow in different colours, and these are the colours that they glow in. So that's why it looks a bit spiky, but the spectrum is really, really filled out. Um, but I don't necessarily think that everyone should have a halide, because I think that they um, they're quite advanced in that case. They're a little bit more difficult to get hold of. Um, they're much easier to get wrong. So for most people, I recommend going for the um, the LED um, spotlight and, and heat lamp. As a, as a, and that's what I recommend as the basis, right? So this is a the, the minimum setup. And then if you want to go ahead and improve your uh, husbandry, you can then get a halide. Um, people often see this as the improvement, you know, getting the LED is the improvement. Whereas for me, I think the getting the LED is the minimum, right? I, that's kind of when you buy a tank for little Timmy and his leopard gecko, you should be getting a heat lamp, a T5, or sorry, a heat lamp, a UVB source of some kind, and a an LED. I think there should be three lamps with every enclosure. That's me personally, anyway. Um, and I recommend that for, for zoos as well. I pretty much every zoo enclosure that I've drawn up a map on a has a has an led on it um so that's that now again I've, I've put those in so you can see that uvb is pretty filled out uva2 is filled out uva1 is really filled out uh, visible light it's all there and infrared a is all there as well does that is that does that make sense have i made sense it makes sense to me oh, um okay I've I've realized that I've got here's a question for you. Uh -huh. So if you have a jungle dawn and then an LED spotlight, I have yeah. the Dasku lamp. Yeah. Does the Dasku lamp still have the full spectrum of visible light as the jungle dawn, the full color ren rendering? Yeah, they're actually really similar. Um the... So you could have a spotlight instead of a, a LED bar then? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um the 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 beauty of the jungle dawn is that it can um, daisy chained T5s, Arcadia Pro T5, and it's really useful and it's really bloody bright. They're really good. Um, they don't like the heat, but no LED does. Um, but they're 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 really quite quite nice. The Jungle Dawn. Um, the problem I have, I say the problem, the um, the downside of the Jungle Dawn is that the spectrum isn't isn't great. Um, my preferred spectrum on a an LED comes from the there's some that are called the Sunlike, so they're from a brand called Nichia or Soul Semiconductor. There's a few different ones as well, um, but those aren't very bright. And then the other ones are the Sansi LEDs, and they have quite a nice, um, much warmer color, which I just, it's a personal preference, the warm. Um, but they also have a slightly nicer spectrum, in my opinion. 
Um, okay. So, but but yes, in terms of uh, the the, I mean, I can show you some lamps. So, uh, Tom's number one most asked question is, "What lights do I need for my beardy tortoise tegu, whatever?" And it's the most vague question ever: is what light is best, or what light do I need? And I'm sure you've seen this on some of the groups and things like that. It's the, the most vague, absolutely, yeah. You know, with with none of the none of the caveats like, by the way, it's an enclosure that is four by two by two, or you know, they don't give you any sizes, nothing like that. Um, I think that the the main thing to to consider is always for people to always consider that what is best for one person may not always be what's best for somebody else. So what's best for one setup may not be the best thing for another setup. So asking what lights are best or what lights do I need needs to come with a list of, you know, this is what I have, this is what I currently have. And and the big one is this is my budget because there's no point in anyone recommending a, a basking setup that is £2,000 or $3,000 when you've only got a budget of $500 or $100 or whatever. And that's one thing I see, and that's one of the big things I do with my clients that come from the vet, the the, the vets, is they'll send me a client, and the, one of the first things I'll say is, "Look, what's your budget on this? I'm not going to try and sell you any lights. I'm, if you tell me your budget is three thousand pounds, but I only think you need to spend five hundred, I'm only going to send you things that are going to cost you five hundred, and I'm not going to sell them to you. I'm going to show you where you can buy them." Um. And 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 so I, I think it's a big thing that people mention what kind of budget they've got without worrying about being judged or anything like that because ultimately there's no point in being recommended a setup if you can't afford it. Um, so heat lamp wise, um, I am a really big fan of the um, what are called narrow um, reflectors or double reflectors, uh, which both the Zoomed and the Exoterra Intent are. That's the sort of. <laughs> Here's an exoteric attempt right here. I always keep lamps on hand. Um, it's kind of got this funny shape to it. Can you see the weird little funky shape? And what that does is that creates a bit more of a beam, but there is it's significantly flood-based as well. Um, and the reason I like those is because of that, of that the, the throw that they have, right? They have a good throw, but they also have quite a nice spread, enough to cover most animals, um, at least the bearded dragon, right? Whereas the standard sort of flood lights that you get, they tend to, for me, not even though they're called floods and this is a spot, I think that's another misnomer. Um, the floodlights tend to have a bit of a, 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 a wider beam, but it's a, it's much weaker. So it's, you know, I like these. Uh, the other ones that I really like, which you saw the uh, little picture of before, was is the gold infrared lamp unit from Rectal Systems. Um, it's essentially an R7S patio heater in a small package, right? And it comes uh, in the States, they can get it down to 50 watts. Um, in the UK, we start at 75 watts and it goes 75, 100, 200, 400, I think. Um, so you can do the, the whole range of wattages. Um, but of course, the downside is because it has such a wide throw, it doesn't throw as far into the enclosure. So you, the lamp either needs to be closer or you need a higher wattage to cover that. So it, it seems counterintuitive to get a higher wattage lamp, but you're getting a much wider beam. Um, and if you were to try and make up that same width of a beam out of the sort of screw-in bulbs, you'd need three or four of them. At that point, you've, you've, you're spending 400 watts anyway. Um, and that's kind of the general gist of a heat lamp. And, and again, 
I would recommend that for most animals. So a leopard gecko, I just recommend a lower wattage. Um, if it's you know if it's if it's a zoo animal, I'd go for a big patio heater style rather than one of these. Although I have recommended some reptile systems lamps for some um, langer monkeys, which are some kind of Asian monkeys uh, uh, zoo. They've I've recommended a pack of four or five, I think, reptile systems lamps just because they just because I have. <laughs> um, in terms of UVB, people always say get a get a T5, get a hood. Um, there's a few different ones. The reptile systems ones are quite nice, especially the I kind of like the Gen two of the reptile systems Eco T5. Um, it's very similar to the Pro T5 from Arcadia. Um, in fact, the Gen one was pretty much the exact same product. Um, but the the Gen two it has a slightly wider spread again, and although it doesn't have as big of a throw down into the enclosure, the spread outwards I think is really valuable. Um, I would recommend that if you had a, a solar meter to read it with. Um, but other than that, you've got your Proti5 from Arcadia, which is a, a staple, perfect product. And the Zoomed uh, Reptisun T5HO hood and bulb is, again, a perfect product. Um, on the Reptile Lighting Facebook group, we have kind of um, distances on how far away animals can be from them and, and recommend like sort of guesstimated UVIs or not guesstimated, sort of um, calculated UVIs for different distances. Um, and they're really good. One thing that people will often do is they'll buy like a cheaper fixture and then just buy one of these bulbs instead. But it doesn't really work that way. The fixture actually makes a huge difference. Um, and even tiny, tiny differences in the shape of the reflector and things like that make a whole massive difference to the um, to the output from the unit as a whole. So, and the build quality and, and things like that. I mean, I had one that was from a brand uh, called Reptizoo, um, and I had some burning in in my little garage, um, in, in my kind of testing room, um, and I had one uh, set on fire, and that was a cheap oh. Um, a cheap one from uh, it's just a cheap. I think that it was it was actually from America, but it's it's a Chinese, it's Chinese made. Um, uh, that was chestnut. Yeah, but the, the irony is that all of these are Chinese made, right? The the Arcadia one is Chinese made, the Reptile Systems one is Chinese made, and the Zoomed one is I'm not sure. The bulb is the bulb is made in Germany for all of these, but the the fixture is I think it's more just quality control and. Um, and then that sort of thing, but the Reptazoo one, yeah, it caught on fire. Um, oh, not dear. something, yeah, not something I want anyone to have to deal with. Uh, luckily, it happened in in my testing room and not on an, on an animal. Hmm. Um, so yeah, there's a reason we recommend these fixtures and these bulbs, right? It's not just about the bulbs. People put a lot of emphasis on the bulbs, and they should, but the fixtures also are vital um, on on your setup. So if you're unsure, just go with the package deal, essentially. Get the same thing as the ballast, as the bulb you buy it for, basically. Oh, absolutely, yeah. The, the You can, of course, you can mix and match. There's a whole, you know, you could put a, a Zoomed bulb in a, in a Reptile Systems hood. You could put a Reptile Systems bulb in an Arcadia hood. The, the, you could mix and match this infinite amounts, right? Um, but as a general rule, yeah, just s stick with stick with what you've got. And only go with 
there's these and there's Leap is pretty good as well. Leap Habitats, they're based in the US, but I think they sell in the UK uh, through Charterhouse Aquatics. Is it called Charterhouse or Carterhouse? Yeah, it's, it's something like that, yeah. Um, and Mega Ray are also uh, releasing some T5s in the US um, that, are, that are good as well. They're made by a company called Narva and they're really good. So if it's one of these three, it's almost certainly going to be fine. Equally, if it's Leap or if it's uh, a Mega Ray T5, then it's probably going to be fine as well. Um, I wouldn't really go for much else other than these ones. Okay. Um, the that LED makes it easy for people. Yeah, much easier for people. Yeah, and don't be, um, don't be fooled by uh, similar names. So Reptizoo is not Zoomed Reptisun. Those are different things, right? Zoomed Reptisun is one thing. Reptizoo, annoyingly, isn't. And there's also, I think, uh, a brand has come out with one that they've literally just gone all out and called it the Pro T5 when it's just not. Right, so only get the Arcadia Pro T5. Right? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's very cheeky. <laughs> Uh, LEDs, we've spoken a little bit about LEDs. There's a whole range of these bar kind of LEDs. So the Jungle Dawn, Reptile Systems have the version called the Pro 10. Um, and Exoterra have one that they call the Terra Sky. Um, the Terra Sky has like a little remote. You can change the colors. Not really something I want to do, but whatever, if you want to do that. The Pro 10 one's quite good because it's, um, I'm 99% sure it's DC powered. So it converts down to DC, which means that it doesn't have any flicker, which is quite nice. So it can be used on birds. And um you can also get a little bluetooth connector and you can get the app and you can have it like turn up the brightness in the morning and then go down at night that's quite nice oh yeah they have that on the on the functionality yeah it's quite nice um i was i got one of these the 14 watt thinking it would be um i don't know what i thought but it's tiny as well <laughs> so oh, i really? didn't get a bigger one right i got i got i bought one and, and it was just small um and of, of course, the Arcadia Jungle Dawn is um, an amazing LED, right? Super, super bright. Um, fits, connects into the Pro T5 uh, with a little daisy chain cable, so you can have them on one one plug socket in the wall. Really good, uh, staple product. Uh, yeah, but all all three of these are pretty good. Um, of course, you can get the spots, right? So you can get, again, Arcadia and Reptile Systems have their kind of, um, they have the, the, Arcadia have the Jungle Dawn and Reptile Systems have the New Dawn. Essentially just, just spot, spot LEDs. Uh, both of these have fans in them, which if you're, um, if you have an animal that's, that you don't want to necessarily have noise around, this may be an issue. It's very quiet. I will say the Reptile Systems one is much quieter. Um, but they're both pretty quiet, uh, but they do both have fans and you can hear both of them. Um, and that's just to get airflow through the system. The other one that I really like is the Sanzi LED. Now, I know you mentioned the Dasku, or there's another one called the Myelin, which is very similar. Uh, I like the Sanzi ones just because Sanzi is like uh, an, an actual brand that you can contact. Um, they do a whole range of things. They do like uh, flood lighting for football stadiums and all sorts of crazy stuff these guys oh, wow. um, but the, yeah they do all sorts of stuff but they have this sort of weird patented uh system you can see it there it looks like a spaceship um it it it, it claims to use like ceramic cooling technology whatever that means um essentially just means that they last 
ages. I mean, these they, they come with a five-year warranty. They're really good. I don't get paid to tell you this. I'm, I just really, really like these uh, the sound of the LEDs. The color rendering on them is fantastic as well. They're great. Um, I use them on most enclosures in some form or another. Are they expensive? I, I think this one is the 36 watt, and it's about £35. I mean, that's not all US. Yeah, it's not all. I mean, considering the, the equivalent, you know, 35 watt, uh, lamps from Arcadia and Retro Systems are in excess of £50. So, you know, it's a heck of a lot cheaper. Um, and in my opinion, a better spectrum. Well, I don't think it's in my opinion. I think it, it, it is a better spectrum. Um, they're just a, war they're a warmer LED, these. So that's preference thing, the, the idea of it being a warmer LED. Because I have used the, the, the New Dawn Flood, and it's very blue, in my opinion. Yeah, well, you've used this one here, the New Dawn, yeah? It's very blue. Yeah, the same with the Jungle Dawn uh, spot as well. It's very blue. Um, it's this classic 6,500 Kelvin thing. Um, the, the, a lot of uh, LEDs are 6,500 Kelvin, um, which is essentially just the corrected color temperature. Um, the sun is only about 6,000 Kelvin, so it's actually cooler than the sun, right? It's actually a, a, a more blue than the sun is. So, yes... Some people like it that way. Um, it kind of replicates this sort of really bright white idea, but they do have this sort of weird blue tone to them. Actually, I got sent a lamp that is near identical. Um, I'm almost certain it's made in the same factory, at least as the body of the... Um... Let me go and get it. One second, it's literally here. Let me just grab it. Exclusive, guys. Exclusive scoop. <laughs> it's it literally looks just like the um, just like the new dawn, right? I, th I think it is, the body, at least, is made in the same factory. But the the diodes are a warm diode. Um, I can't say who it's from, but the diode is a warm diode. Um, and I'm interested in one. I'm wondering if I'll prefer it. And I'm also wondering uh, how it will, you know, how it will look in terms of brightness and how it's special. I've literally not looked at it yet. That is the second time I've opened the box. The first time was when I first got it. This is the second time I've ever opened it. Um, you know, so it, I, I can't tell you if it feels any weight here. It sounds like it's got a fan in there still. So I think it's pretty much the same thing, but the diodes are definitely different because this is warm. Um, from what I've told, anyway. So we'll see. Um, we will see what that looks like. We'll get some more data on that. I've been posting on the Reptile Lighting Facebook group recently some um, some of the images I'm working on on LEDs at the moment because I think it's all well and good me saying get LEDs, but ultimately there's no real data on them anywhere, um, and a lot of the data is literally just marketing talk. So it's just like full spectrum plant growth system like this one here. Um, you know, the, the best 6,500 Kelvin. What, what, tell us if the lamp is any good, right? That's the, that's what we want to know. So that's what I'm hoping to do is I'm, I'm testing a bunch of little compact ones. I'm, I'm, it's going to be a big project, but I'm testing a bunch of them. Uh, and I've started slowly drip feeding the spectra into the reptile lighting Facebook group and others as well. Um, I think the only other lamp that I can really talk about is the halide. Um, there are some that produce UVB, and these are the ones that I would generally recommend. This is in order of recommendation for this page anyway. 
So the halide from ZoomEd is great. Um, and it's, it's at the moment, at the point of recording, not available in the UK because it's discontinued. However, I have it on good authority that it may be available again soon in the UK after I've had some words with ZoomEd. Wait, pull in <laughs> strings, pull in strings. Um, I had some words with ZoomEd and the and the um, Peregrine Life Foods, who are the uh, the distributor in the UK of this of, of a lot of ZoomEd products. Um, I had a few messages and kind of said, "Look, you, I'm I'm recommending Halides more and more. I want to point them to a good one. This is the one I would recommend. If you're going to get one that makes UVB, get this one." But other than that, there are some other ones as well. So the the Bright Sun flood from uh, Lucky Reptile. They have a jungle version of it and a desert version. The only difference is the uh, the color. So ones are or ones are cool, ones are ones are warm. But other than that, they're both pretty much the same lamp. Um, and the Mega Ray uh, halide as well. Although I don't think that yeah, that one is the halide. Yeah. Um, again, don't be confused. Don't get confused between that and a mercury vapor. Mercury vapor is a different kind of bulb. Um, and then there are some that don't emit UVB, so these are the ones that I recommend the most. Uh, the Master Color from Philips and the Constant Color from GE. Uh, they're the two that I would recommend. I prefer the Philips Master Color, partly because it has this, um, we call it a prismatic lens, and it's much more flood. That prismatic lens makes all the difference. This one has this sort of um, semi-frosted, it's, it's called a near spot or a narrow spot um, lens. Um, it's semi-frosted, but it's uh, the, the it in in the lighting world. It's literally a spot. You call that that kind of lens you would call a spot lens, and this lens you would call a flood lens. This sort of dappled. It's called prismatic. Um, and those are those are the ones that I recommend for um, visible light. And they produce they produce some UVA as well. So let's talk about them a little bit because you. Do they need a ballast? Do all of them need a ballast? All halides need a ballast, yeah. So when a ballast is um in its simplest form is a is a starter unit. So it's a it's a thing that helps the lamp turn on. Um it, yeah, in its simplest way. And they they all the halides need that. And the reason they need that is because of the way they work. They have like a an igniter unit and an in an arc tube, what's called an arc tube. Uh, and if you look at a, a self-ballasted mercury vapor, which is what I call self-ballasted, and you look inside one, and we can see it has a ballast inside. That's a mercury vapor lamp, right? So classic screw in has that weird, crappy green glow, terrible spectrum. Um, they have they're called the, the the technical word is self-ballasted mercury vapor, and that's so the ballast is actually included. A long time ago, they weren't. They had to have a ballast as well. Um, but the ballast is inside, so it's not like a standard bulb where it's just a resistive load across a tungsten filament. It's a it, there's there's actual mechanics that no not mechanics there's there's parts that are uh, that are doing more than just glowing inside, right? There's there's parts that are doing a bit of bit of work, and that's actually a, a little bit of the wattage goes into that bit as well. Um, so like the old T8s that need the external ballast as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, the the modern T5s do as well, but the ballast is actually included in the fixture. So you don't see the ballast, right? Um, but yeah, the, the the thing that you plug the T5 into is the ballast. They've just miniaturized it. But yeah, the old style T8s that came with like a block separate that you had to, it's the same thing. You just, um, 
you have to. The other thing you need to consider with the Halide is that they um, they make a funky noise when you turn them on. It's sort of all the little Halides, the little pieces of metal inside are sparking up essentially. So it kind of it sounds like someone's dropped a the keys down the stairs, like the car keys. It's like like a jingling noise. Yeah. Um, it happened. It's about two minutes, not even that. Probably about thirty seconds of of jingling, weird sort of metal noise. Uh, and then after about five minutes, it's turned on fully and it's fully lit. So when you first turn them on, they kind of flash a few times and they send like a tin cam rolling down the street and then they've, they're fully ignited. So when you get one of these ballasts, let's say you've got an E27 fitting, do you just plug that plug of the E27 fitting into a ballast, which then plugs into the wall? Um, you can do if you get the right ballast. Some of the Philips ones work like that. Um, but the most, the one I recommend the most as a ballast, I don't have one here, is one from Mega Ray, um, because it's they say it's dimmable. Now, dimmable is a bit of a misnomer. Essentially, it can work in 35, 50, or 70 watts. So, the, the other thing is the ballast has to match the wattage of the bulb. Um, and this Mega Ray one is multi wattage, right? So, you can have it at 35 watts if you have a 35 watt bulb. You can flick a little thing and it, it goes to 50 watts or 50 watt bulb. Same for 70. Um, and that one comes with um, a, a like a waterproof XLR-style fitting. So it's a batch and rubber-style fitting, um, a scrum one. I think it's just called a universal fitting, I think. Um, but it's similar to an XLR-style thing, you know, like for audio. Yeah, um, I, knew, I know them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's similar to, um, similar to that sort of thing. Um, and the, they come with that, so you'd need to either adapt your E27 fitting to have one of those, or you could take off the ceramic bit and plug on the ceramic bit. There's a, the, the reason I don't recommend it for beginners a halide is because it's a little bit more involved. Again, the reason I wouldn't recommend it for mum and dad who are buying it for little Timmy is they potentially may need to go and get their friend down the road who's an electrician to just check it over for them. Um, but if anyone who anyone who wants to take a little bit more to it can certainly um certainly do in fact that's the reason i really like the zoomed one is the ballast is built into this unit oh so you don't need you don't need a ballast right in that sense the ballast is literally in that dome so the dome sits on top of your enclosure and that has the starter unit built in so it's just a plug at that point um again that one of the many reasons why i really like this unit the other is the, uh, the great spectrum and um, really bright white light that it gives off. But this is a really good one. Cool. Um, C- can we um, go back to when you had the bearded dragon and all the lights? Yeah, sure. Because yeah. oh. there's something that I, I was going to ask about. There he is. So just so everyone sees, is that it's you got your two linear like units the, the led and the t5 but yeah, then you're got, angling it makes, everything it makes else. it easier i can i can let me insert a new slide because i do have this same image but from above as well all oh, right okay would that help let yeah, me sure. let me grab that so it looks like this this is a tortoise but it's the same it works the same way um yeah so i crop into that you can sort of see this is the it, it, 
for the sake of this, that's a tortoise, right? And I've also added an extra T5 um, because I was designing this for someone who had a, it, 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 essentially it was a tortoise enclosure, but there you go. It's, it's essentially the same thing as what you're seeing. So these things, the lights are basically flat to the ceiling and then it's the the, the heat and then the the mercury or the, the spotlight that are angling beneath to there, directly beneath the yes. two, the buttons so that it all blends at the bottom. Yes, so they're they're all aiming at this point. What I don't have is all of my lamps pointing directly down. Um, it's a bit of a, a misconception that lamps can't be tilted. And I think the the reason that people say lamps can't be tilted, and I, may, I think it makes perfect sense, is because they don't want the light in the animal's eye. Um, and I get that. But in this instance, the light isn't in the animal's eye. You can see it here, right? The lamps are all above the animal. I think what they're worried about is the light, you know, shining directly into the animal's eye. So what they're worried yeah. about is, um, for example, if I can find... Uh, this. So what they're worried about is if your beardy is sort of up here. Yeah, that makes more area, sense. Then your this halide lamp would be in in the eyesight of the bearded dragon, right? Whereas the bearded dragon being down here, it's not a problem. Could you um, go to slide sixteen and pop the bearded dragon on there for me, the second one? Because there's something that happens to my bearded dragon. I wanted to see if if you experience the, the same. Pop the pop yeah, the top. The extra thing, puppet. Yeah. yeah, let's put the extra puppet on there. There it is. So if you put it like just left um, and just like just to the end, so the head just is like on the right of the green there. So my bit of dragon will do this because I've got a very similar setup, but I've got the the LED spotlight instead of the halide. What will happen yeah. to my bit of dragon? She'll go across and the intense, bright, visible light will hit her prior to lie. Yeah. And then she'll be like, oh, I'm basking and stop, basking, but not yeah. go straight into the middle of the basking spot. Have you experienced the same? Yeah, this um, obviously what it, it's it's yes, I have to answer the question. Yes, I have, um, and that is kind of why I want it all to be in one area, right? So even in this example, even if the dragon is here, she's still getting a little bit of the T five. She's still getting a little bit of the jungle dome, and she's still getting a little bit of the heat. So this is why I want it in a spot. And I want I generally aim for the spot to be the size of the animal or 1.5 times the length of the animal, well, its, long, it's longest point. So yeah. if the animal is this big, I want the spot to be 1.5 times that. Or, you know, it, around that. So you can see on this example, I've got it around one time, you know, around the size of the animal. Um, I'm not overly worried about that as long as she's not... Um, only doing that, I think that isn't a massive problem. Um, the thing you could do is, have you measured the UVI at this point at what her back? So if yeah, she's that's... in this position here. Have you measured the UVI from say here? Yeah, so the UVI would be like sort of like three there, whereas I've got the T five basically the same. We've got the nearly near enough the exact same setup, but I've got the heat lamp and the halide basically in the same like position, but like. The heat lamp would be in front of the halide, like dual, like a prong, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so the, the UVI would be furthest at the back, um, where it'd be like a three at the front. So okay. she's like in it, but she's not in it, in it, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, I think at that point, what you're then need to focus on to try and entice her to bask is 
also adding the infrared at that point, right? The infrared is one of the main, um, one of the reasons animals bask, right, is to get, get warm. So if you enticed her to bask where the light and the infrared is, is hottest at the same point, i.e. have those two converging on each other, then that would that would um, potentially increase her need, inverted commas, to go more into the light. So my mistake potentially is having both of them on the same side and her Actually, being... Actually, like, yeah. I mean, I, I do the same with the tortoises, you can see here. Um my brightest point is these halides, right? Even though the LED looks quite bright, the halides are much, much brighter. And I have them on the same side. Um, mm. But, you know, I mean, they're all, for the sake of, uh, just to clarify, when I took this picture, I accidentally knocked the, the heat lamp so it's a little bit further up than it should be. It's usually pointing more down than that. Um, and you, you can sort of see here what I've done. So they kind of both converge on this area. Can you see that? Yeah, I can see that pretty well, yeah. Um, these two normally, when they're not knocked, both converge on this area. So even though they're next to each other, they are slightly tilted towards each other. That was partly by design and partly my bit of an accident, but um, that kind of helps. I find that my tortoises will sit literally, the Kleinmani will literally sit under those points where it all converges. That must be so satisfying to see them like. It's use really, what I don't have done. any photographs annoyingly ready. Um, I'm sure I could find some on my phone, but yeah, it is really, um, it really is nice to see uh, that. And the, the the tortoises react so well to light. It is one of my biggest things that I say is that tortoises. Tortoises have the full spectrum color vision, right? So they can see the UVA and they can see the 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 colors that we can see as well, if not even more. And one of my one of my favorite things is is when I see them basking under that spot. They really like the halides, the tortoises. They do really like the halides. And I don't know, I, I couldn't tell you why. I couldn't tell you if it's the UVA. I couldn't tell you if it's the bright light. I I I, I don't know. But they do my Herman's tortoises are the same. They'll bask under a halide. And if I have a halide in one spot and a heat lamp in another, they'll go to the halide. If I have a halide and a heat lamp with T5 and everything else in one spot, they'll go to the halide, right? They they are going for the halide for whatever reason. Um, and that's with four different groups of tortoises. I've got two groups of Kleinmani and two groups of halo, uh, of Hermans. And they're all the same. They all react the same. Um, same with my, my bearded dragon and my Tegu, the same thing. My Tegu loves when the halide comes on. In the middle of the day, his halide comes on. Harry comes basket. So are you also staggering them so there's like a ramped effect as well? Yeah, that's what yeah. I do. Could yeah. you go so... into that a little bit for us as well, please? Absolutely, yeah. Um, so depending on the setup, um, I think my adult Hermans at the moment, I've just got them all on because my adult Hermans also has access to the outdoors. I have like a shed with a door that opens by itself in the morning. Um, and usually he's outside anyway. So I have these lights come on for no reason, wasting energy. Um, so I just have all his lights come on at the same time. His isn't standard. But the rest of them are. So I'll have generally, if I've got, say, this setup here with the this little Egyptian tortoise, I will have a heat lamp and a weak T5 come on at the same time, a much weaker T5. And then as the day progresses, I'll stick on the LED and the brighter in this case, 14%, so a brighter, um, a, a higher UVI, higher output T5 lamp, 
And then I will stick on my halide, which is um, the brightest of the bulbs at midday. And I'll kind of, I'll stagger it over the course of half an hour, 45 minutes. So pretty quick. If you look at, if you go outside in the sun, the lux value skips up really pretty quick, pretty quick. The UVI again skips up pretty quick. Um, so it can, you know, it can be over the course of maybe an hour and a half if you're really that, you know, if you really want to do it. Um, the problem you're always going to have is that even if the even if the lights are staggered, they're still turning on, right? So if you look at an LED and then it just turns on, it's not it's hardly ramping up, which is actually why the reptile systems are quite nice because you can get them to ramp up. Um, in fact, reptile systems have a product they've sent me, and it's I think it's discontinued. Um, and it's this, which is like a dual. They called it the twin luminaire. And the idea was that it was two T5s and you would have one that was weaker and then one that was stronger and they were independently controlled. So you could have one turn on in the morning and then in the middle of the day, the other one would turn on and the idea was the output would be stronger. Oh, wow. It's a really good idea. The problem with this product is that the reflector um, wasn't fantastic. So... And just the shape of the reflector. The reflector itself was fine. The, the, the reflectiveness of it. The reflectance, I think, is the word I'm about. Um, it, the shape of it wasn't great. So the uh, so thus the whole output was quite weak. Even if you stick a 14% Arcadia bulb on that, so a really strong bulb, the output is relatively weak. Um, they could improve it. In fact, the manufacturer of that product uh, again, based in China, nothing wrong with that, but the manufacturer has now slightly improved it. So it's essentially two arches. Previously, it was like one arch. <laughs> it was one arch with two bulbs, whereas the manufacturer has now made it two arches, one with a bulb each. So it's essentially like having two Pro T5s next to each other. That's decent. Yeah, it's really good. Um, but it, what I do, in fact, something that I do on most of my enclosures now is also have a second T5 set up. And you can see that on the um, the Egyptians from before. I have two T5s set up. So have you noticed a difference in the activity of your Beard of Dragon when you've gone to full shebang with the lighting? Um, no, but that's only because he's always had that lighting. Oh, okay. He's never I, not had that lighting. I do. Um, I noticed it when I changed. I didn't even get to the metal halide and stuff, so even more. But when I had my Beard of Dragon, I obviously had like, um, I had LED, Jungle Dawn, UV, and then a, a heat lamp. And all I did was introduce a, a the Desku LED spotlight. And it was yeah. a different dragon. It's like, I can't explain it. Like a bit of dragon sometimes just kind of like sit there and just... Yeah. Whereas and... when I changed it, it was like a bird. She was like, twitch your head to the side. And like, she was just yeah. so much more like there. I could see it. And I was like, it's so different. Yeah, the this is something I see a lot. In fact, because from recommending LEDs a lot more, I'm recommending them a lot more to beginners. And the best bit is because I'm recommending them to beginners, the people who have been keeping them for years are also starting to go, oh, I'll get them as well if they were recommending to beginners. And the ones that have been keeping them years are starting to say to me, message, I've, got, I've probably got messages on my phone now from people saying I've just installed them and my dragon is awake. I've never seen them awake before properly like this. And it is, like I say, tortoises I see it all the time. Bearded dragons, from what I'm told, 
they also react like this. Again, mine's always had it. Um, in fact, I don't know how much I can say, but I'm a co-author on a, a paper um, in which this was looked at, the idea of changing lights and the behavior change. Oh, um, in beta. Yeah, I don't know how much I can say, but um, the results were quite interesting. The results essentially showed that behavior didn't change as much as you would think when changing to good lighting, but they change, the behavior changed drastically when changing back to bad lighting. Because I was going to ask you, a lot of these bearded dragons that we see in captivity are just kind of like ugh, a bit sluggish and stuff. So I wonder if it's like we're just under energizing them. We're not giving them like the input they need to be this. You think this dragon is meant to be this heliothermic, sun worshipping dragon from the middle of Australia. And then like your images show of like basically we're giving it like 5 a.m. level, like light levels. Yeah, we're giving, I wonder yeah, we're it's giving like sluggish. Manchester evening terrible we're giving duller than that yeah we're giving horrendously low levels of light here and then we right. expect our animal to be you know a, a sun a sun worshiping animal that you know i'm and i'm sure they're fine in terms of they eat poop and breed but that's not you know as i say we're focusing on the five domains and not it eating and pooping and breeding that isn't a sign of of welfare the sign of welfare is a, the confirmation of the five domains all being catered for um yeah the the i think a really good example of the the study was when i mentioned it to um some people recently and they somebody gave a really good analogy which is that 10 20 years ago people didn't have mobile phones and slowly over the course of 10 20 years more and more people and pretty much everyone has a mobile phone everyone in the western world so the behavior perceptively hasn't necessarily changed we haven't changed behavior right it was we feel the same i feel the same now as i did 10 years ago when i didn't have an iphone 14 pro max plus mega edition right i feel the same mm -hmm. but if you took it off me my behavior would change drastically because I wouldn't have the features. If you now put me back to not having a mobile, I wouldn't be able to do half the things I do. So the behavior, the idea of the, the concept of this study where the behavior has not necessarily changed when we've gone from bad to good, but then if you go from good to bad, it changes drastically. That is significant because it's, like I said, the analogy of having a mobile phone not having a phone, then going to having one, and then not having one again. The change, the behavior change, would be the same. And I think that's a really, I think I thought that was a really good analogy. Actually, I don't, I never thought of it that way. But um, this guy came up with that analogy. I thought it was really clever. That's very clever because I always think of like these shows in the eighties and stuff. I'm like, how did people live without a phone? I Honestly, can't... dude, it like you can't you can't question it, right? How the heck did we live without phones? I there's no way I go anywhere without my mobile phone. You feel like the first thing you do, you get up, you check your pockets. And yeah. it's that, right? If you took it away, it'd be mind-blowing. And it's the same, the idea is, you know, the analogy works perfectly for these animals, right? If you give them good lighting, they may not change behavior. They may not do. But if you take the good lighting away, then the behavior will probably change drastically. Mad. So if we're looking for someone like just a consumer level, that's like they've got a pet bearded dragon, they want to do their best, maybe like the ballast and the... And you know the metal halides a bit 
out there until until the Zoom Aid one comes into the UK. What would you say is a good way of them? What about if they bought like a Thermal Zoo Pro and Are then you ask me this? Are you asking me this question? What lights do I need for my? So you're asking me? No, 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 I'm leading up to something. Okay, good. I say, I'm choking now. This idea I've had, like taking a Thermal Zoo Pro, taking out one of the halogens and popping in an LED spotlight with a Jungle Dawn and then like a UV, that would be a nice little angled together so people don't have to like angle things themselves little yeah. kit they could buy they're willing to spend the money they can do it and then they've got it yeah so in fact my examples all show the heat lamps converging whereas actually you could very equally have the t5 lamps converging which is what the thermal zoo pro does so it has the heat lamps pointing down and the the um the t5s or the, the led in one case pointing down into the same say exactly the same concept um if you're doing that I'm not a massive fan of the one with the Jungle Dawn in it. No? Um, just because I don't think the T5 at an angle is enough. And I th- I'm in two minds, right? And it's part of my transition to having two T5 lamps on all my enclosures. And I think in doing that, I'm swaying more on the concept of having both T5s in, in the Thermal Zoo Pro. I have a Thermal Zoo Pro with my adult Hermit's tortoise. His is one of the setups that just all comes out. His is the setup that all comes out at once. Um, and I have two T5s. And then alongside it, I have one of the Reptile Systems, uh, the Reptile Systems Gold Lamp unit, this one. Then I have two more LEDs. I wish I had pictures to show you. Um, two more LEDs. And then in the two slots where the um, where the heat lamps normally are, I've put in halides. So I have all of this mega light. And I get about... 65,000 looks, so it's pretty bright. Um, but yeah, that you could certainly do what you said, which is take out what I would do is I would get two T5s, the Thermals of Row with two T5s, actually cheaper that one as well. Um, and depending on your needs, swap out for a higher percentage, but I think it comes at two six percent. Um, but again, depending on your needs, swap out for a 12 percent or a 14 or a reptile systems lamp or whatever it is that you get. And then I would get rid of the heat projector, do what you want with that. And then I would put in an LED in that instead, in that uh, dome. So you've got the heat lamp, the LED next to each other, pointing down. And then across the the width of it, you would have the two T5s. That's what I would do um, as a really good setup. Um, I wish Arcadia would do that. And I also wish that shops would sell that as an option. So if you could go on to, you know, Liam, liamreptiles.com and you could buy a Thermal Zoo Pro that was, that was kitted out for or at least not even kitted out, but just came with everything you need. Because obviously there are sort of legal ramifications if you've altered the product, maybe the warranty doesn't last and there's all sorts of things. So, um, but I think a shop selling that as a unit is a really good, is a really good idea. In, in fact, there's a, there's a, um, a retailer in America, it's not a big retailer, it's like a person who breeds bearded dragons, but they've started to launch their own beardy setups. And I know pretty much every pet shop in, in the UK has a beardy setup, but it's all pretty much the same thing, right? It's like a, a monkfield enclosure with a T5 and a heat lamp. And the whole concept of this American one is that people are going to buy a setup from PetSmart 
but this is like the actual light that you need with it. So like you'd buy the crappy pets, pet smart version and then you'd take that home, but then you could buy this kit of lights and know where to put them in the enclosure. Um, essentially, it's like a, a thermal zoo pro, but in its parts. So it comes with like the T5, comes with a heat lamp, comes uh, with a deep heat projector. It just comes in its constituent parts. So when the ZoomEd um, halide comes to the, back to the UK, can that just go into a thermal zoo pro? Ooh, that is a good question. I don't think so, only because of the size. Um, it's fairly sizable, so it wouldn't fit on uh, in that dome. I'm sure you could make it work. I'm sure if you took out, I've done this with mine, where you take out the dome, unscroll the bits, I'm sure it could probably fit on top. Right. So um, a bit of DIY going on there, though. Yeah, yeah. Again, you'd have to consider the ramifications of potentially voiding a warranty and all those sorts of things. Um, and I, you know, of course, I can't recommend that anyone changes anything about the the setup because Arcadia sell it as a kit for a reason. Um, and similarly, ZoomEd sell those as a kit for a reason. Um, but it would certainly go on top of a mesh top enclosure, perfectly fine. It would just sit on top. Equally, it has like a little um, thing, like a hook thing that you could hook it over something. Um, so you could have it inside, just like just dangling by the hook bit. Yeah, you could. I mean, it's quite tall again. So it is it as much as it's a great lamp, it, it simply physically it's 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 large, right? So the ramifications of that are that it's it's limited in its uses. Um, which is why I really like uh the this thing, which is like this ceramic holder, and the reptile systems do this really good one, which is adjustable. And it's kind of, and you can change the angle on it. I really like that because it allows me to do things like that. In fact, I use that almost exclusively in my. Uh, I've got them as well. Yeah, they're, they're yeah, very in my, in my setups. Yeah, I use not it only can you like swing it, you can like twist it as well it and be well. twistable yeah, in the moment. So they're really pretty really good. much perfect for for trying to get the alignment right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, imagine like your box standard like E twenty seven fitting, but it's just like solid and straight. These ones is like you screw it in, but then it's like you can maneuverable as well, which is perfect for all of this so with all this lighting as well then obviously it's like we're more light which means more heat generated as an excess of like these ballasts and things being in the enclosure this means bigger enclosures as well to compensate and allow the animal to also have a nice big basking spot but also the space to move away so i think we're getting to a stage where four by two by two if we want to have like an amazing basking spot like this is getting kind of tight yeah so um, that is why I recommend the 4x2 as a minimum. Um, it's, it's that, yeah, that's why it's the minimum because, yes, it just about gives you enough to light it and give the animal space to get away. Yeah, I mean, I'm doing it myself. So I've got, I've basically got the same system as what you've described today, apart from the metal halide and it's just the LED spotlight. And I've got the 4x2 by 2 by 2 and it is tight. It I'm pushes it, using... doesn't it? Yeah. So, this is this is the thing, right? Then this is again leads back to those five domains where they at that point they don't have the choice. If if you're if you're lighting the enclosure properly, which you should, the animal should also have a choice to get away from those lights at their own at their own time. And thus you can't have an enclosure that is small and well lit, because part of being well lit also means providing dark. And exactly. you you can't do all of that in a small forty gallon, you know, even some sometimes twenty gallon enclosure. 
you just can't. Um, so, you know, onto that question of what lights do I need? Well, you know, you, first thing is, is your enclosure right first? We need to make sure that that bit is correct first, because there's no point in trying to light a 40 gallon enclosure correctly, because the, 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 it's just not going to work. Um, and it's the same. It's the it's the reason that ideally I'd like to see six by three by three for bearded dragons come in as a a staple standard. Um, I don't know how long that will take for that to happen, but I would like to see that come in as for people to say, "Oh, you're getting a beardy, you're going to want one of these," rather than a forty gallon in some cases, especially in the states, it's mad. But or four by two by two in the UK. Um, I'd like to see a six by three by three. The problem, of course, becomes money and space as well. It's a... I think this all comes into the cultural change that we are seeing. And also I'm really hardcore encouraging is less reptiles. Screw having a collection, have a few animals, but keep them really, really well. Rather than spend the money on having like a hundred animals kept like, all right, but you're having a collection spend that money on having your few but keep them really well so and that includes giving a six by three by three to be the dragon and giving them the best possible basking spot you can get to so when you fill in this spectrum like with the halide and everything how close are we to sunlight other than intensity to filling it in how close are we do, would you um, consider that close yeah i i think it's pretty close um it's going to be impossible to get exact simply because we can't make sunlight yeah um but i i think that a a t5 a halide an led and a heat lamp all together really do replicate sunlight very well um and i think it might be the best it's it's almost certainly the best we can do currently mm. um even even you know sticking your animal next to a window won't provide you with the UVA and UVB, right? So and then that comes with other dangers as well. So I think bar from sticking your animal outside, it's it's as good as you're going to get. Um, and on the on the point you just mentioned about less animals but better kept, this is actually the um, the mantra of the zoo I visited in Switzerland. Um, last week or the week before. Uh, and, and I was speaking to the curator and she said that that is literally the mantra is we have less animals, but we keep them better. So they have a big, they call it the vivarium. It's essentially just a big greenhouse. And they have maybe 10 species in there, maybe, um, of reptile. They also have birds. They have other things as well. And um, they have some, some basilisks just running around in the vivarium. Um, but they the enclosure sizes were huge on these things. They have they had this tiny little tree monitor, this green tree monitor. I say tiny, it was it was it was a green tree monitor, right? So it was it was you know long tail. The enclosure must have been, I don't know, twice the size of the room I'm in now. It, it, it was huge, this thing. And it was floor to ceiling, huge, huge enclosure. And that was I was amazed by that, and they kind of said, you know, that's our mantra is less animals, but we keep them better. So the the the, the collection isn't huge, but the, the animals are hopefully kept better. In fact, one of the reasons I went was to view some halides that are coming out in, in oh, they're out, 
but we're trying to get them more into into zoos. These like mega halides. They had some cyclora. I don't know what they were. I don't know my cyclora, but there's some sort of some sort of iguana. Mm-hmm. They had the they have they were setting up the enclosure and they wanted me to check the halide in this enclosure. And one of the halides was a thousand watts, so one kilowatt. And it was four meters off the floor. And it was at ground level, UVI 12. It was insane. They're going so, for it. It was very, it was very, very, very strong. So um, it's it's interesting to see where we're going with this. So I tested. There's no UVC or anything like that coming off this off this lamp. It's just it's just really strong. I don't know how long it'll last. Um, but yeah, then that'll be. But they're using the halides. They are using them as well. They're really popular in Europe. So. We, we keep less, but we keep them better. And that includes having bigger enclosures that can facilitate better basking spots and replicating the sun as closely as we possibly can, which Absolutely. is what Tom has given us today. I think we've gone for two hours now, Tom. So is, is there anything have that you really? think is uncovered that oh you think God, we should I am include? Oh, so sorry. That's all right. Is there anything you think we should include that we haven't? Oh, actually, before we go, Please. I have a question for you that was yes. posed by the last guest, which was, let's say you had like a UV, like a Pro T5, but you've got your T5 going through the middle of, a, of like a tube, right? And this true tube was like over, like UV, like um, UV permitting. Uh, transmissive, yeah. Transmissive, that's what I'm trying to say. But like some of it was like mottled and like, uh, not scarred, but like cross-hatched or something. Yeah. And then over the bulb, it just like spins. So you go from like cross hatched and like re- re- reduction of UVI, and then it gets to a certain section on it where it's like clear and complete. Yeah. So okay. that rather than like trying to figure out how to, how to dim a bulb, this thing is just spinning on a timer. That's, so that really, when... that's a, I mean, yes, that would work. Um, oh, besides all the engineering things like the, you know, it's moving parts and failure points and all that sort of stuff, purely theoretical, that would be quite fun. Um, Whipsnade Zoo actually have a in the butterfly house. They have this. They've designed it like that. Um, Alex Cliff, the guy who runs that part of the zoo, is called. And he, when he laid out the roof of the butterfly house, he had them laid out so that it's um, clear and then frosted and then clear and then frosted. So that when the sun goes over, even on a bright sunny day, there's always cloud cover. So the sun goes between these sort of clouds that are made out of the roof. That's that was that was his kind of concept of that is that the sun would always be full sun cloud, full sun cloud. Um, What you could do then, it'd be cross hatched in the morning, so it's reduced, and then when it gets to like midday, it'll be like the clear, and when it goes back round to that point on the circle again, it's cross hatch, and it's like the ramp up and ramp down. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. um, That would work. Um, I mean, yes, in theory, yes, that would work perfectly fine. Um, obviously, like I say, there's there's engineering and logistical problems with moving parts and noise. You know, what if dust gets in the runners, or you know, is it going to make a crazy noise when it spins around? Um, but you, you know, that would that would totally work. Um, that would that would. I, I imagine that by the time you've created such a device, UVB LEDs will be well and truly um, at the forefront of, of UV technology by then, and at which point we can probably dim those quite easily. Um, but that would that's a quite a fun 
Um, it's quite a fun little idea, actually. I, I never thought of that. That's very inventive. Um, mm, I didn't I, think of it either. That was the last guest to come up with that, and I was like, "You're a genius." Yeah, it's a good idea. It's a really good. Um, it's a really good concept. I've never. Oh, see, these people need to invent things, right? This is we need. We need more people like that that think crazy weird thoughts. I wonder what made them think that. What were they know. doing? They must have been sat on the toilet, right? Because they were like, <laughs> oh, they must have been. There's no way. <laughs> That's a shower thought right there. Yeah, of course it is. They're looking at the toilet while scrubbing the hair and going, oh, look at that. Got her yeah. a bit. Weird. So what I would like from you now is to think of a question for the next guest. Oh, my goodness. Could be anything. Oh, God. Is this a question that I don't know the answer to? So what I, some, Something that I want to know? Could be anything. Oh, my God. Um... Oh, God, you put me on the spot here. Hmm. Would it help if I told you who the next guest was? Yeah, go on. Beady bit. Oh, is it? Okay. Oh, oh, I could come up with some. Ask him, why does he like knocking on my hotel room door at 3 a.m.? <laughs> <laughs> um, an actual question. Um <laughs> Why do bearded dragons have five fingers? Have five fingers? I think they have five fingers, don't they? Yeah. I okay. don't want the crappy evolutionary an like answer that, oh, we evolved that way. Why do they need five? Why haven't they lost one? Evolution. Okay. Cool. There's That's a good question. But I also want to know why he likes to knock on my hotel room door at 3 a.m. <laughs> Was that at the conference? <laughs> right. We have hit the two hour mark. Um, and I think it's going to be a lot of information over for some people. For some people, it won't be enough. But thank you so much for coming on, Thomas. It's been incredible. Thank you so much for having me. People can always get in touch. Um, just go on the Reptile Lighting Group or email me or whatever. I'll pop I'll pop a little shopping list as a pinned comment. And I'll give you an email for them to come to you as a client if they want to as well. Oh, my God. Amazing. Um, lovely. Thank you so much for having me. Yep, no worries. Thank you very much.